birthday sir paul or the dude who replaced him when he died oh yeah that guy looks just like <laughs> and him, is he 81 see we don't know we'll say he's 81 if it's somebody else well i think my phone is going on and we're rolling already here on the carnival happy father's day it's oh sorry yep sorry technology is overcoming me ah it's coming that's down why I see, that's why we're <laughs> random when we don't cut this stuff out so you can see what idiots we are <laughs> But one of the things you're going to do, I was going to call Don't this. Don't speak for me. <laughs> this is, we're going to, next week we're going to start having guests again. And if you're probably, stop applauding. I don't want to hear the applaud. Like, thank goodness. <laughs> but but we're going to do, I'll call it, I was going to, it's our third part of what we call our trip tonight thing. We had the Donner Cut last week. Yeah. Which wasn't the same show as the one before. And I think we talked about Superman for five minutes. But I was going to call this one Crisis on Multiple Carnivals. But, <laughs> <laughs> but... You have the evil. You have the goat here. You the evil version, Greg. So, but instead, because of uh, the passing of John Romita, this is the Mary. Mar- this is the Mary Carnival Marching Society. Show. That's right. So that's obviously we're well, getting off to a good start here. We're Gather rolling. around, kids. Gather around. It's Rob's talk- Rob's soapbox. Is yes, coming it's Rob, my soapbox. <laughs> Greg's soapbox. What you, what would be your nickname? It would be Rascally Rob. No, that's Rascally Roy. Rascally Rockin' Rob. I guess Rockin Gregarious Rob. Greg. <laughs> yep. So what was actually we were doing that though? If you didn't know, John Romita passed away a comic book. Oh, he did. I'm sorry, I didn't know that. That's why we're talking about. Well, it. I thought you was like you liked his art. I don't know. <laughs> you wondered why. <laughs> We don't do much show well, prep, was, folks. You know what? He was 93, so, I mean, you know, it's always... Oh, really? It's wow. sad when somebody passes, but you got to say, you know... You know. Always up on who's dying, Rob Short. Well, I have a lot of Facebook... <laughs> I know a lot of people in the industry, and that's yeah. why I saw it from. But he passed away, and he was a member of the Marvel Bullpen, the original Bullpen. Right. And now Greg got me on this one because we got to do the nicknames. It was Smiling Stan Lee, right? Yep, yep. Jack King Kirby. Yep. Okay, what was Ditko? Daring, daring, or dashing, or that something one, like that. That one I don't know. Yeah, but what was Rubino? Was it Jolly or Jocular or Jolly Jumpy John? It was. It was. I think it was Jazzy John Ramada or Ramita. And the thing is, we this is not like supposed to be like some kind of a PBS show. You can look it up, and we might be all wrong. But well, it's the, well you know, it's funny because when I first, Rascally Roy Thomas, Rascally too, right? Roy, right? And uh, yeah, Jack King Kirby, right? Now a lot of these are coming back to me now. But, you know, when I first started reading comics, and I, you know, I read both Marvel and DC. So, you know, I remember particularly there was a DC in their editorial thing in the letters page or something that, you know, we read your mail. But they put a little thing in there saying that how much more highbrow they were without naming Marvel. They said, oh, we don't refer to our books as mags or ishes. And, and you know, we don't use sl- that slang and type stuff. And, and, and it was very interesting because that was one of the cool things about Marvel. It was just so different. And Stan Lee just let it fly, man. He just said, you know what? He gets an idea. He just tried it. I mean, I've watched many documentaries on him. I've got a couple of them. Um, and, and, you know, he just... He was broke for the longest time. I have the new book, the latest book on him. And the thing is, I 
some ways I'm holding it back because I don't want to read because I know at the end it gets very depressing yeah. and all the horrible stuff it, that happened. It's with too him. it's too bad he started making his fortune so late, you know. From the I'm I'm assuming from the movies in a way you know, you know in a way it's like he saw it's like he saw the promised land in a way because he lived so long he got to see like you think go back how many creations are worldwide sensations you go by though like you know he goes some of these pulp heroes they've been around like nearly like eighty years all these characters you see making billions of dollars. They've been around like 60 years. Right. Most of them. Well, Captain America, like a couple more decades. Right. And right. I still don't know why the heck doesn't Rochester do more with Joe Simon? Is he from here? He's from here. Oh, I don't know. And I know like, because obviously what's the town? There's a town in Ohio. It's like they have the home of Superman because of, because of the creators. I'm only here to learn stuff, folks. <laughs> I, you know, the I, thing is, again, it might be like Gorilla Monsoon or somebody where maybe he lived here for a while, but he's, he is from here. Huh. Well, I remember watching the thing about him. There was a good documentary on Tubi, uh, on the Roku there. And uh, they talked about comic books and this and that, obviously. But they had a thing on Joe Simon, quote, quite a lengthy segment on Joe Simon and, and Captain America and how he created it with Kirby and all that. Actually, the book to go to, and I know, I know Frank, what is going on with this phone today? Oh, it must be some stupid notification thing that I didn't realize I have. Ladies and gentlemen, take a break for a second. We'll see what he's doing here. What he's Technology doing. is kicking my butt. Well, there's a, I don't know. Don't worry Frank Merler said nobody's in there. There's a lot of like different voices in the comic community. Frank Miller said nobody's really written a definitive history. There's, but there's a lot of history out there. But there's a thing called by Robin Rowe, Tales to Astonish, which right. is about more Stan Lee. And it really gives a good, good history of Marvel. I really, really miss those that genre of comic. You know, I know they're they, kind of back now with the graphic novels and Dark Star and all that. But, you know, Tales of Mystery and all those macabre freaking things, man, were scary and they were cool. Oh, Oh, House of Mystery, yeah. House of Steve. Oh, I'd those. like to find some of those. I've got to... the, the essentials. Like, you just get the big things. Oh, yeah. Like, you don't mind black and white. No. Are those old horror comics? Those are, you could find yeah, them. The, They're what, out there. EE, whatever that. EC comics. EC, comics EC, yeah. or Just the old Marvel, the, what were the Atlas comics? Right. Timely, no, Timely. Was it Because Atlas yeah. was in the 70s. I actually read a couple Western comics that were really good. I, I forget the names of them now, but they were actually quite Good stories. And... Actually, it's in one of the monster comics from the 60s, and it was in a collection I got from the library. It's about an elderly couple a mer- who lived by the beach, and it's in a mermaid. Hmm. And it's literally looking, just by Ditko and Stan Lee, the elderly couple looked just like Aunt May and uh, Uncle Ben. Oh, wow. So they must have just taken those characters and used them again. Well, it's funny. I was looking, speaking of weird storylines i i was doing a google thing the other day and i read some articles and i saw this one about marvel and the weirdest comics they ever did or the dumbest ones or something like that they did a coneheads one and they did uh all these weird welcome back hotter yeah i mean they just did some weird stuff well remember the big one though the kiss comic Mm mm-hmm and they've done more. I think they might have done a sequel, but I know the. Camera. I usually don't get into those because I know they're just a, you know, 
fad cash grab thing. Yeah, I but never got they it. They do kind of become collectorables, I guess. Yeah, that's one I wish I would have gotten at the Collectorables. Time just because, just, but, like, a lot of those. But I'm, I'm trying to think, like, what my first comic book ever was. And I've always... I know one of my first that I really loved was Captain Marvel with uh, Jim Starlin, not Shazam, the Captain Marvel. Don't remember the that Cosmic one. Cube and oh Rick right, Jones. that was the one. I that was one of my first. But I still think my first comic might have been a Silver Surfer comic that I ever read. Oh wow! Because I, I know my mom I, loves Silver Surfer. That's only because he's naked. You know what? You think about that. He is naked. He said, naked dude in silver. He should be should be down at Roar yeah. doing, one of the sh- doing one of the shows down there. On a surfboard. Wow, that'd be a great gimmick. Uh-oh. We, we want to get credit for that one. Yeah, Pay us. Definitely. But it also went back to where there was the Silver Age for, you know, they have the Bronze Age, the Silver Age. I'm not even going to try on that one, the Golden right. Age. But at the time, superheroes were not in. And that was, like, the big thing about Spider-Man. The irony was, like, the amazing fantasy was going was stopping. There, there was a throwaway story. Yeah. It's like, why not just toss this in? It's not going anywhere anyways. Right. Like five pages or something. Yeah. Then Fantastic Four, the way it was set up, it was more, and I still think it's a lot, I think they took a lot from Challengers of the Unknown myself. But... What happened was they didn't even have they had uniforms I think after the fourth or fifth issue because fans wrote in, oh. and, but they wanted to make it more like as a science fiction comic because superheroes weren't popular. Oh wow! Well, you know it's funny because I remember like DC did that too. They had these tales of Krypton or Superman when he was a boy type little stories, like at the end of the main story it'd be like six pages or something of of fluff oh yeah like some of those you get like the neat little story at the end there'd be like six pages or something else but also the thing if you ever would you ever have any letters printed in marvel no you know what they do i had a couple they send you they send you a big storyboard of the letter page oh wow how cool is that which is awesome you still have it yeah they actually plus DC, I guess I wrote good letters because what they did was they sent me an advance of Ragman number one because they said we need wow. people who write good letters to review this. Wow. Good for you, Matt. I did not know that. That's awesome. That's why, I mean, I used to love maybe the first thing I would do even, I would turn to the letters page because like you were saying, I would love to like see like the the back and forth, like they would answer the letters and stand yeah. soapbox. Now, now, this is a good this is a good spot for a public service announcement. So you see, kids, from the humblest beginnings, you can achieve greatness. Look what Rob did. Yes. All right. Hey, so for me, when I was that age, I get a copy from DC Comics of a comic comic book that's that way come cool. out before. You know, and then I would be really good friends with a comic book artist, and I get her books before. But I'm like, before you were doing this, I got copies. I think that's cool, one. man. I mean, especially the reviewing a, a thing because you know they know you're smart. So that's like, or uh, you know. That's whatever you want to call it, detail. Well, they had to edit my letters because they were too long, but uh, <laughs> as you would expect. Continued next issue. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Stan Lee called me and made, made fun of me, though, one time, which is like, and I don't, you know, I wonder if he really did it or like he had people answer it. Because, oh. no, but the irony, I love, you know, I would love to have told them off in a funny way for it. So he had, there was this thing about Ask Stan Lee, right? Yeah. So I asked him about, when are you going to put out your autobiography? 
And he called, first he goes, and then we have an evil, we have Rob Schwartz being really evil. <laughs> and, I, and he goes, I would put one, what do I have to write about myself? Right. <laughs> and then he puts one out. So yeah. he made fun of me. Or somebody did. Did he dedicate it to you? <laughs> he should have. <laughs> so I wonder if he was answering those or not. Man, I, well, who knows? So I always heard that those comic strips in the paper were ghosted. Oh, well, it could be. You never know. That's the thing. I, I know there was a Batman strip in the DNC back in the 60s because I was in school and I remember seeing them. Oh, those they, are. Those, they ran it for a while. Yeah. I think that was Carmen Infantino. That's drawing. the one. I would. That's like one of my holy grails, but you know how much it costs. The big, the, the cartoon, the strip to come from the newspaper. It's like a book like this. Well, I bought two Superman dailies and they're long. They're like, they're long books because, you know, the strips. Yeah. And but yeah, they're not that bad. Twenty five bucks. I got two of the Superman dailies, and I think I got, I got this other hardcover one, Batman: The War Years, which is all forty stories, which is pretty cool. This is though. This is like almost like too big. I don't know how you'd even read it. But yeah, I actually it doesn't got, sound like what I, I got. One out of the library. I got volume one. That was so cumbersome. Wow. But it's cool. I was like, I still awesome. Those those seem to be hard to take care of. I mean, as far as lending them out to different people, they can get wrecked up easy <laughs> then you lend them out and their kid thinks it's a coloring book well you know too i was you were saying something about bemoaning the some of the titles going away and things and the thing is you got a couple of different maybe three phases of the comic book industry you got the beginning with the pulp era where comic books kind of came from where they used to you know pulp referring to the cheap paper that they got printed on because it was the Depression and all that, detective stories and whatnot. And then, you know, Superman came along, and that kind of started the whole thing. And then then you had the war thing. So you had Captain America, and, and you had your Shazam, and, or Captain Marvel, and super-duper all those characters from the Justice Society, you know, the Spectre and all that stuff. So then you've got, the 50s come along, which is what, the Silver Age? Is that yeah, the, yeah. Silver. That so, I know. So that, that got know. a little weirder, sillier. And then that dude put the hammer down, the psychologist there. Worth them. Yeah, he put the hammer down on, on the material for the kids. And then you got that the, the schlocky late 50s, early 60s goofy stuff. You know, Rainbow Batman and Batman in Space. And, you know, and, and you know... Batman in the Amazon. <laughs> Batman everywhere in the suit of armor. Yeah, the... yeah. But, you know, and then... So that's why I always say the George Reeves TV show, they they kept that show fairly grounded because where could they go with it? They didn't have the effects to do crazy space stories. And they kept the shows fairly real and they kept them to that style of that era, which was gangsters and and mad scientists, you know? That was the whole deal. Yeah, that's the thing. You do what you can work with and everything. You have a format and you do with it. And, and you know what always, I always think about this. They were, everybody goes, oh, it was a kid's show at the end and all that. Okay. Perhaps they dumbed down some of the storylines, but some were still really, really good. But you got to remember, these were freaking all middle-aged guys putting this show together. And, you know, with the baggy trousers and the, you know, the whole 50s look there. And, because I've seen some pictures, and you know, this was their fantasy land, man. They, they were playing kid. I mean, I don't care what you say. I, they were making films, 
And those are fairly high quality. If you look at the other shows of that era about space travel or whatever, it's all the phony sets and the, and the bulls. You can see the string on the model. Terrible. But when you look at the production values of that Adventures of Superman, I mean, rooms look like rooms. You know, a, a, a shed was a shed. You know, I mean, the stuff, they, they had good carpentry. They had good set builders and decorators. Oh, yeah, and I love this. They were Hollywood guys. They were movie guys. But see, that's like when you got in the 70s, I like the way they struggled. That's when you had the O'Neill and Adams Batman, mm-hmm. which got very serious and brought I really, back. I really like The thing those. I like about that era, and the big problem, and this is some criticism people have at Batman now, I think it found it, is the guy is just so miserable and depressed. Right. I mean, he's supposed to be, you know, he's the guy <laughs> whose parents got killed, and he's devoted his life to fighting crime. But he's not like super miserable. It's like a cathartic. It's it's his therapy. Yeah. And and I read an interesting thing just yesterday. Another Google deal. I get sucked into these things. But <laughs> with that Flash movie, which we're gonna have to touch on, because you said it was good. Now, and I what I've heard. I have to. Oh. But we'll we'll say what I know enough about. It, we'll talk about. It I'm, I'm going to try and go. But I guess there's. Are a you going to go in a flash or just going to go? It's the... I'm going to go in a quick as a wink. <laughs> There was a thing in there where Michael Keaton was trying to explain how time distorts things in the movie. I guess he uses spaghetti. It. Spaghetti, yeah. But anyway, this article said that when he did the original couple movies, he said the way he thought about it. Well, first of all, why he didn't do the third one was him and Schumacher. The way Schumacher wanted the, the character I heard, to go. See, what it, I heard a couple. Th- I also heard he had multiplicity. But I also heard he was pissed at the second one because he wasn't in it so much. I guess they timed his screen time. (laughs) Yeah, he wasn't in it very much. Well, the fight with him and Catwoman on the roof is monumental. I I mean, I liked it, but it's just that, you know, I guess he said, like, by the time, like, if you count the screen time, he was like a co-star. Yeah. My only, the only thing I didn't like was that third act where, where the Penguin does his big spiel there, the. The, the, the and the thing was, and obviously Burton wasn't a comic book guy. We'll just grain of salt with the penguin. No, that, you know, the penguin. Everything comes out Nightmare Before Christmas yeah. style. That whole you style know, of twisted fairy tales. That's, I cannot fathom if he would have done that Superman movie. What the heck? Oh, I know. So so anyway, back to this thing. So um, Keaton said when he got the part, so he, he didn't do the third one because him and Schumacher wanted it to get light and he wanted to keep it where it was. So, he said that to him, interpreting interpreting that character, it was all Bruce Wayne. It was about Bruce Wayne and why Bruce Wayne would do these things, and and he he approached it from that like Batman was just sort of the manifestation of what Bruce Wayne's guilt and and anger and whatnot. And so that that's a really good way to look at it. And as a good actor, you need to dig into a part like that's that. That's always because one of the we should have like some root beer float gummies from a CBD show before, <laughs> before we before we do this. Are we are are we like the carnival from Earth 53? <laughs> you know, but or I'm point, an atomic how physicist. How many times have <laughs> they asked the question is it is is Bruce Wayne is Batman your secret identity or is Bruce Wayne your secret identity? Batman is yeah. what they're saying. You know, some people will take it the other way and say that it's because there's actually one story in a Robin comic Bill Willingham wrote, which I thought his run of Robin 
was fantastic. But he's got this thing where Bruce Wayne says, if they ever found out he was Batman, he's got a dozen different identities he could slip into. Right. That's my my friend Mike, who's been on the show. Very he, true, yeah. He said one time why he loved Batman. The dude is prepared for everything. Well, they said that Superman and Batman are directly the opposite. That Clark Kent is really who he is, and Superman's kind of the affectation or whatever. And they've also done the... Uh, the thing, if you want to get really deep into it, that if you go, Batman is old America. He's like the old moneyed guy, right. the Gilded Age. And Superman, the idea of the immigrant coming here, he can do anything. True. Except yeah, maybe yeah, keep the rights that. because you think the Spectre is going to be a bigger hit. <laughs> My cousin sent me this pretty funny meme. I got to share it with you. I don't know if you saw it. It's a, uh, it's Batman versus Karl Marx, and they're like facing off. It's like a, a drawn thing. It's. <laughs> It's hilarious. I'll send it to you. And it's like, and, and it's got blurbs on it. It says, you know, for Batman, it says, you know, wealthy, you know, capitalist. And then, <laughs> uh, and then the mark. Oh, it's funny. Oh, they it's got funny. the one. What was the one? Red Sun, where Superman landed in the Soviet Union. Yeah, <laughs> those Elseworlds comics. But that was in the. You think these these characters have something that everybody like? I think everybody wants to do their spin on them. That's why they're so good. Like there was the idea behind Michael Keaton where. If you were going to be Batman, you wouldn't be like an Arnold Schwarzenegger type guy. Right, a rich guy Because you would have to look not... like a guy who had to be a bat and do all this stuff. Right. Though, obviously, they don't put in that one how much training he obviously, you know, he went through, right. too. But he's still, he's trying to do this identity. Well, I like that they touched on that in Batman Begins. He did a great job of explaining. I think that's one of my top ten favorite movies. You know. Because he had the money to go to China and, and all that, or Tibet and all, wherever he went. And, and you know... Nanda, I think it's Nepal. Yeah, Nepal. I can't believe I'm saying this. <laughs> well, you know what I always... Pick a blue flower and come yeah. up to the... <laughs> you know what I always... What, what irony I always thought there was in the uh, third one, in uh, Dark Knight Rises, when he finally gets out of the prison and he gets to the top... And the city is right there. <laughs> they should have dumped them all. I mean, do, do you realize the irony where you the, just, the you more just the think irony, you're in hell? How does and, the guy, you know, how does the guy, was he hitchhike all the way back then? Right. But, you know, that's another thing. No, they Alfred did. came and got him. They, they had a scene where he That's was, the other thing where, you know, think about it, where they actually did some realism. If you were out going out every night fighting bad guys, you're going to be, you know, arthritis, you're going to have broken bones. Well, they, like they touched... would have him take off the thing, he would have, like, all the bruises and stuff. Well, they touched on that. He had scars. And like, the other part, the, too, from the is, dogs it, is in stuff. the comic books, I think these guys aren't even 30 yet. You know, right. a lot of them, like, they've been around, like, I wish we could do that, be around, like, No, oh, I know. But one of the other things I was thinking of is the good old, like, it was always good, like, the, the clever writing they would do. And the Marvel way was always, you would draw the story first, then they would dialogue it. Oh, yeah? Stan always did, like, the cheap plot thing, the outs, where Spider-Man's webs would run out. Yeah. But the big one, always with Tony Stark, would be the heart attack. This, this <laughs> yeah. thing would run out. Or Thor with the hammer. They don't do it that anymore now. But if he lost touch with the hammer for a minute, he'd revert to Don Blake. Yeah, you know, and I wanted to mention on that. I mean, why do you think... That was totally ignored in those movies. 
because I think they got out of him the they got rid of the Blake identity for the most part over the decades. I wonder yeah. how they did that. I would like to. All I know, I, I was out of comics a little bit in high school, and I know he was like some other guy for a while, and maybe it got a little trite. But the best one was Iron Man. He's fighting the Freak when Happy Hogan would turn into the Freak. Oh yeah, his thing runs out. He's dropping over. He takes it. He jumps a car engine. And jumps. <laughs> uh, yeah. But I think you know. But there's like a that's an it's like a soap opera. It's an easy plot twist. Yeah. Remember the thought balloons, the thought bubbles. I like that Tony Stark thing reminded me. He's probably having big thought at that moment, going, "If I can just charge this thing I, up in oh, the yeah, battery, like, it'll heart. revive me." <laughs> but there's the one I always told Kayla, and I would love like if I did a book, she could illustrate. It. I don't know if I'd be able. That would be weird to do, like because like that's how they would do. But I guess you got it done fist the Marvel way, where they would have the story drawn out, then you had to do the dialogue. Huh. So what did you have to do? Like read because otherwise, like I've seen like Chris Cl- like some of these scripts. Where they're really dense, and they're telling the artist what to draw right. and everything now. Well, you, it would seem to me that if you do it that way, I mean, the picture is going to dictate the story. So you got to look at the picture. And then and go, Stan well, huh. said his wife thought he was insane because he would always like do the words like for Doctor Strange in a mirror, like the hoary host of Hogwarts. <laughs> Y'all sing, I have Agamotto. <laughs> <laughs> Take a pill, dear. What I've always said about Stanley, was he a great writer? No. He was a great writer for his format. Yeah. He was perfect for that format. I mean, he kept, he took everything kind of from the what if there was a, he, that was his jumping off point. What if there was a teenager that had to deal with being a superhero? What if it was that, you know... An industrial set. Well, that's know. like you were saying about the series with the DC. <laughs> they were all perfect. Right. Where it's like you had like Peter Parker was he was like something really really different because you never had a fifteen year old that was a, always a sidekick. Right. You know when he had to make money, he had the that was the other thing. Aunt May was dropping dead every five issues. Right. <laughs> <laughs> that was always that thing too. Your uncle Ben was a great man. You know, but it's like it's trying to teach him more. And you wonder, too, like cause I always wondered, like you said about the Superman series, where because of, like, the sponsors, you had to do, like, those old Shazam series in the 70s. Oh, they yeah. Had to have, every story was the moral lesson. Right. I watched a couple of those. They're pretty funny. I actually got it. I found it. For, they're, like, they're on one of the streaming things. Yeah, but think about, could you imagine <laughs> a show like that now? There's this young kid going around with this old guy called Mentor. Right. I don't know if that one would fly. <laughs> Was he actually Billy Batson, the kid? Yeah. Or is that how they did it? Yeah. They never do an origin. He's got that little, what they do is they run into the problem. They, he talks to the gods. They, they talk about, you will learn this lesson. Well, 70s TV was weird anyway, like that superheroes roast or whatever that oh, Legion those, of, oh my God, that the, thing was weird. Oh, that was so king with more new water skiing. Yeah. But the other one too is, you know, like fought, they had the big lawsuit because Shazam was even out selling Superman. Wow. For a while, Foss, until they sued him. Because even, but they don't think they were selling like five million copies of comic books in those days. Wow. And Matt Gravoid, I guess, like he was Elvis's favorite comic book artist. He did all the old Shazams. Captain Marvel was cool, but I mean, I can see where they would say he's a ripoff, but his origin has they nothing said, to do you with. You know what? They're all ripoffs, like Stan said. They're all just a Greek myth. Yeah, I mean, you got how come nobody's sued Aquaman and the Submariner? I mean, they're Green essentially Lantern, the same Nova. character. Quicksilver's the Flash. Yeah. You know, like, if we were going to do a comic book company, go, okay, who's our fast guy? Yeah, that seems odd that they would do that. 
you know, competition. You know, yeah. nasty. Well, I heard DC was pretty like kind of like Disney. I mean, back in the day when they had when they had their legal team was like you know. I've read a they lot more of Marvel than DC, like how the politics and stuff. The other one I have, I have the big. Remember those big books? Yeah. Like I have the the Spider Man versus Superman. Oh yeah. And that yeah. was to me. That was like so. I think I read that story a hundred times. Was it good? Oh, I never watched it or saw it. The one I didn't really like the Hulk in Batman as much. It's like, but the Spider-Man and Superman, you know what they got to do, of course. They got to, of course, mix up the enemies at first. Yeah. And what happens is Luther shoots Spider-Man with, like, a red sun gun. So, for like, he goes to punch Superman. Superman goes flying. Wow. And he, but then it wears off. He goes to punch Superman. And he hurts his hand. Uh, <laughs> no, oh, then, that was That's an interesting... Yeah, I never would have thought of that. Think about Projecting that. onto a human, yeah. Superman could beat the hell out of him, obviously, otherwise. That's a good That's a good twist. But did you have a favorite from, like, the originals? Original. Like, for Marvel, like, the originals, like, sort of characters? Oh, Iron Man, probably. See, everybody, I've liked Iron Man a lot. I was probably, my mom. And Thor. Iron Man and Thor were big for me. We always, wasn't it always wondering, why the heck is, like, a Norse guard speaking Shakespearean English? <laughs> which is kind of funny but like when dc's done thor they've done it more accurately but thor's thor is always awesome yeah i, lo- I love that character because and see that's the thing like i said stan lee's ideas were all like he took very generalized things he took the gods he took um the, the space thing with with you know scientists for fantastic four oh what if a bunch of these guys go through Radiation. What would happen? And then there you go. Lucky to get some kids going down at their dads and trying to sneak into facilities and get exposed to gamma rays. Right. <laughs> kids don't do this at home. I actually have two of those TV Hulk things. I have the Trial of the Hulk I, and, oh, and some other one. The one with Thor is like the one. There's one with Thor in it. It's hilarious. Mm. I never saw that one. Oh, it's it's one of the <clears throat> last movies, like it's the trial. It's like one of those. Well, maybe I have it then. Yeah, I got two of them. And he one goes out thing. drinking with them. Oh man, I got. He's like check Thor's more like the party guy, like you know the party god. But we've been saying it. What about the Flash? Thoughts? You haven't seen both. I haven't. Seen well, it, it yet. looks like it's going to be confusing. So I would not advise any gummy use before the screening, folks. I, <laughs> but I, I don't know. I, I, I think it's going to be really good because I think they're going to have a lot of twists and turns. And, it's you know, they got that excuse to throw in all the other actors, which is I heard there's cool. lots of cameos. Lots, I guess also it said don't leave at the credits. Oh, okay. Something big happens. Yeah. The only thing, okay, take the legal we'll stuff. probably with, see it soon. Take the legal stuff with Ezra Miller. Throw it, that's up to you if you want to see it or not. Or, and I'm not too sure what the heck he did or whatever else. But he acted up in Hawaii. My view on it, though, is like, don't you think in a way, though, he's more Wally West than Barry Allen? Yeah. Because Barry Allen's a straight cop, and he's like, he's actually more Peter Parker, like the character. It's like sort of, you know, and he's a sidekick, where I thought he was the best thing in the Justice League movie. Yeah, you know, I mean, the thing is, yeah, if you watch that, those other Justice League things, the Zack Snyder version, his part I liked, I, see, I really like, that's one of those movies, I, it's re- I think it's really good. Maybe you, you know, don't know if you want to watch it all the way through, take a break, but well, I'll, I'll watch it all the way through. His movies know. are slow. I mean, they, they just are. And, like, I watched Sucker Punch. I had that. And I was like, what the hell? 
It's kind of weird, but it's kind of cool too. I mean, his movies are deep, and he they're has long, a certain. They're like Nolan. They're like long. Yeah, and they have a lot of slow, ponderous scenes, which are usually the things that get cut out, but they're important to the story. I mean, if you were reading a book, you know, you can't just skip a bunch of paragraphs and go. Because it wouldn't make sense. Oh, I, I had to do it, too. I was just thinking of all our different Earths. On one Earth, you're Billie Eilish's drummer. You know, uh-huh. you're, you, know you are. And I'm well, with Taylor Swift. As I'm long as, Taylor Swift. As long as the check's clear, you know. I'm, That's how sometimes you got to do that. It's like if the check's clear, I, can, I love your music. That's right. Works for me. <laughs> Show me the money. Show me the money. That's why I always say, like, principles can come when you have the money for them. <laughs> well, you know, as a musician, though, I can say... I could play somebody's music and never listen to it. I mean, I would say, okay, this is how I should play for this style. You want this or this or this? Okay, and they like it. And then that's it. I would not. Yeah, I mean, honestly, yeah. Think about know, like all the session musicians, like performing. Think they, a think they enjoyed everything they did in terms of like style. No, it was a paycheck. No, right. You know, so you're out there touring right now with <laughs> your little goth girl or whatever. Oh uh, yeah. <laughs> Oh, yeah, it's real music. It's real music. Where's Billy? Oh, she's overcutting herself again. Oh, okay. <laughs> Actually, Alyssa, Alyssa Trayan was just in town, and she was saying, I guess that Taylor Swift show at Nissan Stadium, like the traffic was brutal. It was like the biggest gate ever. Yeah, wow. See, I don't, that's like weird, like our lives. She amazes me. I mean, she's very talented, don't. but she's another one. Like, why? <laughs> I just, I mean, I, that's one of our running jokes, mm-hmm. because we share birthdays. Yeah. Birthday. But, I just don't get like, and again, it's like one of my questions always is like, how somebody just gets a grip with so many people. Right. I'll listen to the music and go, you know, she's professional, but why is this so much different than all this other well, stuff? Well, she started young, and she had her parents were. She's got good parents. I mean, they got money. I think. Yeah, and, they did. They got. She's whatever the term River Lynch used the term for me, where like they have an in on the industry. Yeah, I mean... Not that she isn't working hard. Right, I mean, it's kind of like... They're like, oh, more songs? Beautiful, honey. Get, let's, you know, here... My my daughter writes songs, can you... You know, I mean, I'm sure the parents were kind of pushy, like the people that paid to get their kids into college. Yeah, but I'm like, you know, that's why I like like all the friends I have. I love that I can toss out some obscure thing. More likely than not, they're going to know it. Right. You know, which is, I think is really cool. Well, we can talk... To, but that's a thing, like, for Flash, though, and the only thing that gets me on those, like... Messing, it's like it wants to be into the Spider Verse or something, maybe a little bit like they're copying. Yeah, probably. But you can always go back. Like that's what got me about the Terminator, movies. which I heard was really good. I oh, the first it. one was awesome. Yeah. I know the first one. I was, but the, like with Terminator movies, what's the point? Because they can just it goes in a loop. Because they can just keep sending something back to do it right. again. Well, my, one of my favorite movies is Looper. That movie is is great. I've seen it. Yeah. I love Paul Dano too. You know, it's just such a twisted. St- story i mean being sent in time being sent back to kill yourself i mean that's <laughs> that is a, a mind i think will effort. smith did that yeah. in a recent movie too like he's supposed to kill himself or whatever yeah. like he's like got a hit on himself his version of i robot was good i i, I really liked that. i liked it too actually i finally read the story after years and years too you know it's funny i've been watching these alfred hitchcock presents and and twilight zone and different and thriller there's a british version of the show thriller yeah, that's seen... done by the guy from the avengers that, that did the british show the avengers and uh i forget his name i always forget his name but he's like the producer or something you know. i only know mcnee rig but it's really good they're good stories 
And they're the typical British mysteries, some weird stuff, good acting, you know, very live-looking Plus, they've got, like, a weird sense of horror to us with their horror things. Anyway, what was I getting at? What the See, flip? I go off on tangents. But that's the show. That's like the ad lib. Like we I don't know. Guess. No, that's just failing memory in old age. <laughs> oh, no, no. Oh, I forgot to take my focus drug. Ah, oh, crap. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, we have to get on the Sir Paul's 81st birthday, and it's just yeah. uh, amazing. Wow. That is, and Ringo's a little older, right? He's 83 this yeah. year. Wow. But what is going on now? I didn't see the whole story. They're going to do a last Beatles song, and they're using like AI yeah, with hologram John. things or something with John Lennon. Yeah, I don't know. Pretty soon they're going to have like because I guess Jimmy Page turned them down. They want to do what they're doing with ABBA with Led Zeppelin, where they want to do like a hologram Led Zeppelin show with ABBA. That's what they're doing now. <laughs> they're back together, but what they said was. They don't, you don't want to see us like we are now. So they're there. They've got like this huge run in London. It's going through the whole year where they have holograms doing their songs. And then they the real members come out at the end. Wow. Well, what's the ABBA? Can I, I don't get that. What? No, the ABBA, that's the band. They're yeah, doing. they're doing it with ABBA? No, but they're doing it. But I guess like some producer wants Led Zeppelin to do it. Oh, okay. So, but can you imagine that. you? Oh, what are you going to go? see? I want to see them together. Damn. <laughs> what are you going to see? Then? Oh, we're going to go see the Beatles are playing. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, you're catering to fantasy. I mean, people are living more and more in their heads. I mean, you know, Alexa, turn on my TV. No, it's getting and, the you know, point. It's scary to me. We're like for a is. while. I've learned like there's a word we have to use again. It's called. Focus. I don't think we could probably blab for four hours on here. We try to keep it 45 minutes to an hour because that's as much as you could probably pay attention. What? Yes. <laughs> but really, it's like people, how often can you go, like, try reading a book for like f- just three straight hours? Oh, I got to check my phone. I got to right. do this. I got to check what's online. I mean, I see people where I work, you know, at, at the grocery store there. It's like, you know, they're just walking around, staring down or out on the sidewalk, staring down. You ever I almost mean, been run into by somebody like, who's walking? Come on, man. Attention? No, I saw, I was walking yesterday, I saw an Amazon driver. And what's he doing, like, after he's not looking to check it, he's looking at his phone. Well, everything is going that way. And it's like, you they're indispensable. And you're lost without it. And your whole life is run by it. And it's kind of scary. Actually, Kyle, Kyle Vox said it to me, this was like a long time ago, too. He said... I do, because I'm finding I'm checking my phone every half hour. Right. You know, I got to check what's on YouTube or whatever. And it's, you know, and I guess Harlan Allison once said, why do you waste time with that crap? Right. But trying to focus, and I think it probably affects your head where you can't focus on. It's so like, you know, even like watching movies and stuff, you, you want to sit and focus. But actually, for me, this is like a twist as we do on this show, is I've actually gotten really into film. I found this film noir pack. Some of these are tense. Oh, like, I have a bunch of those. I just watched Scarlet yeah. Street. Yep. Wow. That's a oh great. Oh, my. Yep. Good. Great. I have a bunch of those film noir things. Scarlet Street. Uh, what's the other one? Uh, this the one wo- called Sand, Sand, Quicksand with Mickey Rooney as an auto attendant. Yeah. And then there's a, oh, I can't remember the names of some of these, but there's one, there was one with DeForest Kelly from Star Trek, right? McCoy. And he plays this guy who keeps having this dream. And it turns out that 
he really it was in this house and really did see this guy laying there and he couldn't then he something he had to go find the house and and he's it, it gets kind of convoluted but somebody drugged him or you know oh, he hypnotized in, him that's what it was it was a hypnot hip, you know what hypnot- he was in too he was a, he was one of the brothers in a gunfight at the OK Corral wow which he was in, he was in one of those. I've seen him in a couple and of things. And then he's early. in the all-time best he ever did, Night of the Lepus, but the Killer Bunnies. Oh, uh, yeah. And him and Vivian Lee <clears throat> fighting Killer Bunnies. Now, there you go. There's a good another good example. So he's he's in all these B things. He's struggling along. He gets in Star Trek. The network wants to cancel the show, and he's probably going, man, i got to get a better agent. You know the one i got to <laughs> find? Because... I've seen pictures. Jimmy Dewan was in tons as a character actor. I don't think I've ever seen him, except in, well, he was in, uh, I think he was in, like, one of the airplane movies, the brief cameo. Oh, yeah? I've never seen him in anything else. There's this one where he's got a beard. He's like a like a, a hunter in the Canadian wilderness. Wow. But I've never seen any of these movies. Does he still do the brogue, or is he actually? I guess English? he's done tons of all kinds. Uh, of, you ever hear him really talk? He doesn't. I think is he Canadian? I think he might. Be. Oh, probably. But he's just got he's just got a normal. It's weird hearing him. Yeah, just talk normal. But I guess he could do like tons and tons of different accents. Yeah, well, that's good. That's hard. But to I do. guess he could have been an opera singer. Wow. But he said he didn't have the training. But the other thing, like for Paul McCartney, I was thinking like today. I think it's. Unfortunately, I think for too many people, it's not cool for him to be your favorite because he's he would be like the popular kid in school, right? Where people don't realize like how brilliantly talented this guy is. Yeah, he's very his his imagination is quite fertile. <laughs> I mean, th- my only complaint with him is some of that is the, the 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 some of the wings stuff, which I liked a lot of barbecue it. spicy. <laughs> I I just don't like the sing songy children's book. Sort of marrying a little lamb, which he did you know, that one. I, I can't get into that. I, I would call him McCheesy sometimes because right. he did have like that that sort of like Tin Pan Alley. And then you sort of see the secret strength of of working with Lennon because Lennon balanced that with more you know acrid. That's you know, the key, I think. Like Jagger and Richards, where Keith is all the blues and Mick is a little more showbiz, right? And they balance each other off because you get like their soul albums. Mix are too commercial and sometimes i like key solo albums but they're a little just too raw yeah yeah we used to do one of mixed solo things there some of his stuff's good you know, yeah not all of it but i think that was the balance with him and mccartney is that but i guess like he could blow out songs so fast right yeah, oh but, he just gets all well you can watch that let it be and you can see how he how his mind but works. then you get like some of his like later albums like run devil run mm-hmm. Some of these, I like, never saw that. that's like more his 50s, some 50s songs. But it's like some of those, he goes back like Flaming Pie, Driving Rain. Oh, okay. It's more rock and roll. Yeah, I you told know, you about that cabinet. I have them. You know, if you want to. I'm sorry, go ahead. <laughs> I have them too, oh. if you'd like to. Uh, oh, possibly, yes. Listen I think to he them. has money. I think <laughs> you know, we'll get like a cease and desist. <laughs> it's like, what, you only have two billion? You need like $10 more? So. Do you see Metallica? True story. I guess like they showed some ten year old girl doing a like a Metallica song. Lars got her for copyright. Oh my god. And I've always heard like I've heard that I'll always 
don't like to criticize people unless I met them, but I heard stories like people who worked at Electra above. <laughs> yeah. I mean, well, they got the whole Napster thing, too, and that blew up in their face, so they're probably pissed off. You know, and that's like your own view. I mean, some people, it's, you know, music for the people. I mean, you should get paid, but I mean, come on. Well, unfortunately, it's been out there for years from commercial radio. I mean, how many of us didn't record stuff off the radio or off FM? I used to do it. I got tons of cassettes from stuff on the radio. The music show, put the cassette in, click and everything else. But but I think Paul's got the bad thing because of that because he was so creative and it's just he wasn't cool because of all that right and it's always fun it's always like you don't want to be like with the it's like how Spock became most popular on Star Trek you know oh. plus you know because Spock was the most popular always it's like the second guy who's more popular oh. not like the hot like you know the the captain right. I think it's the same with the Beatles where it's just not he was like the sex symbol and all the <laughs> you know and everything else hyper right? intelligent yeah but he's still playing these days he's still going yeah which is amazing. If you can do it, more power to you. I think he should, because he's probably saying, well, you know, I'm going to do what we couldn't do back then. And so he's been, that's what he's I been doing. I think he'd be a guy, too, when he knows he can't. Yeah. That he would quit. I mean, it's an amazing show. I mean, I I have a couple of those early ones from the 2000s, you know, the Russia one and the back in the USA. And, you know, freaking huge you know, 10 tractor trailers, if not more. I saw him <laughs> once in Giant Stadium, and he actually, he said, this is for a dear friend. He actually did a version of Strawberry Fields Forever. Oh, wow. Which is really awesome. But, like, that's really cool. But I want to actually jump to a different topic entirely from comic <laughs> to It's music, of course. But the, our, our good friend, the Baron, just had a Southern Rock show. Okay. And I was, like, asking myself with the Baron, how would you really, you know, and it doesn't mean anything, but how would you really... Like define Southern Rock. I mean, I go. I know it when I see it. <laughs> I know. You know, and again, genres and everything. But like, because one of my views, I said, what I, I was chatting with him, and I said, "See, I don't consider ZZ Top Southern Rock. I consider them no. Texas Boogie." I'll when know you, it when it shoots me. You know, that's a good way for Southern Rock. It might be the way to do it. But I think it's sort of like it's like an attitude in a way too. The way they dress, the way like, yeah. some of the songs are about. Well, there's a there's a real fine line between country country infused, southern infused. I mean, you're always going to be a product of your surroundings and the element you grew up in. You know, you grew up in Texas, in Louisiana. It's going to be different than if you grew up in Florida or you know. And then you get a generic artist though who come from somewhere you wouldn't even know where they came from because the way they right. sound. I mean, look at some of that hard rock that came out of Connecticut and stuff. Yeah. Like, you know, all those guys, Long Island, those guys had money. I mean, I remember I was, D. Snyder was talking about it back in the, when he first started. You could actually make your living just doing you those could, clubs on Long Island. What it turned out was, like, you could make, think about the six figures in the 70s just playing on a circuit. You'd play every night of the week, but right. what would you rather do, that or go you know, nine to five instead of play? Yeah. But you could do that. But what happened, he said he did a comparison between him and the Good Rats. Uh. He said what happened was you could do this in the 70s. But then it started to dry up. We yeah. were like starting to go national. They didn't. Right. But can you imagine like that would be like a paradise now? All you have to do is play around here. I like, do it. <laughs> you know. 
You know, I mean, you can say you're a wannabe and all that, but, you know, at least you're viable. You're out there doing it. No, the important thing, you're making a good living, too. But Southern Rock is kind of d- defined, I guess, with the, with the multiple guitars and the, you know, the whole thing of the South being a grand nation. And to me, that's Southern Rock, like all that. The, the I whole just go, when you look at a band, you should be able to see it. Like, you yeah. know, there's like this attitude, yeah. like a lot of songs are about like the South and a lot of songs. Yeah. I mean, and that's the other thing with this whole cancel culture nonsense. But, okay, the Confederate flag does represent some bad stuff. But if that's what you grew up with, I mean, that's like going someplace else, putting up a Rochester logo and everybody throwing rocks at you. No, I mean, another you know. thing, too, is I just go, you don't want to step on history. That's too 1984. We have our good, we have our bad. Right. Let's have the bad so you can see it. I mean, we've always been a history of conquering and... War. And I don't believe in censorship. <laughs> I believe you should make up your own mind and, like, yeah. it's everything else. And that's, like, the thing. It's, like, you need to be educated and just read about it. And, yes, yeah, it could be very offensive and everything else and bad. But, look, you go, look, okay, what's the story behind this? Let's not let this happen again. <laughs> you know? Right. Yeah, you should learn. From, that's what they should be teaching to me, not to go off of, on a thing here, but I'm going <laughs> to. What they should be teaching is why these things happen. And how the history, not just obliterate it. Well, okay, these people treated these people wrong, and these people had enough, and this group retaliated. These people sided with them. I mean, explain what happened. And realize history's not just like drawn out good guys, bad guys. There's a lot of like if you read a lot of things, you find out how human nature is, and everybody. <laughs> I mean, we just happen to know about what happened in this country. I mean, you go back to other countries, you don't think there were subservient, slavish people under someone else? That's been going on forever. Yeah, so now public service message over. Yeah. Another thing I was going to say. Now that we've depressed you. Another <laughs> thought I've been going on about a little bit, and I've heard like mixed things, is about color albums, you know, different colored albums. And the thing about it, now I used to hear the quality used to be worse, that Black vinyl still the best. Maybe it's improved now. Oh, colored vinyl? Yeah. And I always go, like, what do you think? I think, you know, you know the, the analogy I use for it is the comic book craze in the 90s where you had all the weird variant covers, all the... Because you're trying to get attention for it because you have to. Try right. To sell it. Well, some of the paper they use now in the comics is that shiny, almost magazine Yeah. Type. I just go, I'm more of a, like a... I just get the trades now. Yeah. But like if like if I pre order an album, if it's gonna be like like Michaela's new one, it's it's gonna be like sort of a white vinyl. Yeah. I'm not looking for it, but if that's the way like the way it comes, I'm fine. I, I can only imagine that that process has to do something to the yeah. conductivity of the See, way. That's the what I've heard needle actually, hits the that's bruise. what I've heard that still black vinyl is still the best. Yeah, I mean it's raw. It's the it's the only surface. You start lacquering and putting different all these different. It's like a floor. But I mean, you know what be... <laughs> was one of my first albums ever? I went down to I was at Gold Circle. I got the Beatles 1967 to 70. The wow. blue, the blue. Yeah, yeah. And then I didn't realize like after Prince it was just normal black. Wow. Because there was the blue and the red. Yeah, my girlfriend has a heart record. It's a colored red i think but and i have a couple i have like this grand funk live thing i just got it's a bunch of live performances from 
ABC in concert and different things that they've done. It's like on some private label or something. And now going, but but it's yeah. like a marble, like some like thing. Sean cool McVay, like King Buffalo. They had some spacey designs on yeah. there. The vinyl is like a marble thing. It's pretty cool. And they have a lot of splatter ones, a lot yeah. of splatter ones and everything else. You know, but it is what it is. I don't consider it good or bad or anything. I just wonder, like, how the sound quality it, is. Well, or... it's kind of a gimmick. And, you know, I've got that uh, Raising Sand disc, and I bought it at Cracker Barrel, of all places. It was like 25 bucks. Nelson Krauss, that one? Yeah. Yeah. And oh, so I have and that was on some colored vinyl, and it's that's a cool album, man. There's a lot of different. That's an awesome album. You're getting some great sounds, and there's all these odd percussion sounds. I actually think their their second album's even better. Yeah, I didn't hear that. This one, isn't yeah. this isn't to say that one's bad. I was amazed. The second one's even better, which is really good. Actually, going back to Marvel a little bit for a while in DC. Do you have a favorite era, like a decade? You know, you can like every decade of well, like one that stands out. Probably late sixties, early seventies. When when they started to change I really like that Superman storyline with the sand being and, and that whole thing. I mean w- w- once I kinda Was after it that, raising sand? Yeah. Oh it was kicking sand. But, you know, when they weakened him a little bit, I mean I kinda thought that was kinda cool. Then they got rid of Kryptonite. Then they brought Kryptonite back. Then there were like 15 <laughs> versions or whatever. You know, so. One of the ones, like, too, but we were talking probably... about that stupid comic book code. What did Marvel do, though, to get around it? What it did was it took all these monsters and made them scientific. Oh. Like Morbius, the living vampire. He wasn't a vampire. He was a guy, Michael Morbius, trying to cure himself of a blood disease. Uh. He became a blood sucker. That's a good you way know, to do it. You know, a man thing. He was yeah. like your typical heap. But he was a swamp, you know, he was from a super soldier serum. Right. Yeah, that's a good way to get around it. So they snuck around it like that. Well, everything. now you look at that that whole comic book, you know, that's all squashed now. Because look at the storylines now. Kids can't get enough of, you know, Spawn and stuff like that. Are you kidding me? Those HBO Spawn animated things still are the freaking best. Oh, they're really good, yeah. But the other thing, too, is, like, you know, for those kind of things. But I think, like, I love, like, like the early, like, the 70s comics. And what they said about the 70s comics is you had here and here. You had, this is when the graphic novels started from, but they would give you such freedom. Right. That's why some of this awesome stuff came out. Yeah, and I like one-off stories. I mean, I don't mind stories that don't connect, I mean, because of the Marvel thing, everybody wants things to connect. And the movies, you know? And it's like something like Joker and uh, the, the the Logan movie and things like that. I, I think those are cool. They're like just... You take a character, you make up a story about him. I mean, it doesn't have to follow. No, and I think it goes like if I was going to write a story, it goes as long as it goes. I think the big epic for them in the seventies was the Kree Skrull War. That was like right. the big one. They're like, but the, like the Galactus Saga, one of the best stories ever. I think it was what, like three <clears throat> issues, right. maybe, and everything else. So, Galactus was cool. I, it's still, it's weird, like the. Omnipotent being goes around in his shorts. <laughs> <laughs> Looks like one of the knights who say knee. Yeah. 
Yeah, some of those character designs were crazy. Well, what about the new gods in DC that Kirby did? Oh, like all that the ma- the guy, Mister Mister Machine, well, Mister Miracle, Mister Miracle with his chair and all yeah. this crazy stuff. Oh, that stuff is like freaky as yeah. art, like especially for the new gods or everything else. So that's where the thing with him was. He liked to do this, but I don't think he was a great writer. He was a great idea man, yeah. great artist, but his writing is something sort of lacking. Well, Dark Side took hold. Then, yeah, well, they're awesome. But Commandy, I loved Commandy, the last boy on Earth. Oh, I don't know that one. That was like it was like the, the creatures he had in that were like wow. hilarious. <laughs> they were awesome. And then you go back to the pulps. Don't think about okay the code. Some of those pulps, like the spider and all them, they were brutal. <laughs> I mean, they were hardcore. I bought a couple of Shadow magazines of the original stories. They're pretty cool. And the t- how are the adventures on radio? They're great. I'll I'll have to show you some. <laughs> I think they're all dead by now. They don't worry about it. So I don't know. Blue hole. No, but you know, it's funny. They even mentioned Buffalo and stuff in the ads. They mentioned like the snowy, cold towns. I love though. That's the thing. Now it's like I like don't want to see ads, but back then I loved to see the old ads. Well, you know what I love about old ads is they tell you nothing because yeah. it's like. More food, goodness, in, in every bite. And what the hell is that? One, I saw the one that was hysterical, where it's the Jack Benny show with Humphrey Bogart, and they put an ad in the skit for oh, cigarettes. Yeah. They just put an ad, it's like commercial lights, and all of a sudden they just talk about, oh, it's good for you, and they taste oh, great. Well, you know what? That reminds me. I just heard something the other night. I was listening to something, and it was uh, the Falcon, or one of these detective ones, and they're in a diner. And the waiter comes over, and all of a sudden he starts spieling about the Miracle Whip or something. And, oh, really? Yeah, this is good. Yeah, it's because Miracle Whip is one of the best. Then they go right back to the story. They threw the commercial in in a conversational way, and which I thought was very clever. So it didn't sound like a pitch. It sounded like just putting the idea of the product in your head. Oh, my goodness. Which is what you want. Yeah. But then, like, too, I think I think now the thing with Stan Lee, just going back to the whole original bullpen, I mean, John Romita, he came on, I mean, he drew Mary Jane, he came on after Ditko. Yep. And Ditko will never know. Ditko said that he wrote a lot of those Spider-Mans. It's like he quit after, like, issue 32, 33, but that he actually was the one who plotted a lot of these things. And yeah. there was a big follow-up. But he was such a weird, like, sort of a rec- recluse, you'll never know. Right. But he came to set the record straight. Yeah, well, there's a there were a lot of those things like where the series was on its last legs and like the whole. There's a even a special I watched about Chris Claremont and how he revived the X Men. You know. Oh yeah, they were dead. They were gone. I remember that issue where they were doing re, reruns of just reprints, and then they just did the new X Men because what do they have to lose? Right. Then it got huge, and enormous. I think I think when you start dealing with. Uh, what's the word, disaffectation or disassociation or people that feel left out, marginalized, you know, you, you start to feel sorry for them and you, you can relate more like Peter Parker and the, the mutants and, you know, they didn't, they turned them from just freaks into sympathetic characters that other people don't understand. And the storyline they go to too also is like for Spider-Man, you know, the creators were getting older as they were doing it. So, yeah, they had him get out of high school right. and everything else. But I, I was always a Gwen Stacy person more than Mary Jane. So Right. Yeah, me too. Always Gwen. It was cool. But that was Ramita was like he had such a big impact on the field. Then his kids, you know, his kid too. 
but that was like really good stuff. But we'll never know like the whole secret about who did what or who did this or that in a lot of ways. Will we ever see a green goblin that actually has his mouth move? <clears throat> did you ever see the original thing when Nicolas Cage was going to be him? No. It looked more like, I've seen it. It looked like more like a patchwork type thing. Wow. I yeah. mean, he looked great, but it was just weird. Not just that he was having a mask on instead of, you know, being a weird character. I was going to say, Stan said that about char- about characters sometimes where he said, look at like how they look in the comic. Yeah. It wouldn't look good. Right. Like, and he pointed to Captain America about how he had to change the uniform a little bit. Sure. And everything else. And they were good. They were smart to do that. Same thing with Thor. They they kind of jettisoned the helmet. So, you know, like Black you Panther, know. his uniform's cool. His thing's cool. So, yeah. no problem there. But, like, some of the other ones, it's just, they just don't look really good. They'd be laughing at them. Well, they keep the essence of the character, and they put it so that you can buy it, you know? I mean, like, the Christopher Reeve Superman was the, the suit the way it was, you know? I mean, he rocked it, but, like... You know, then they had to come up with this. Now it's a more of a body armor, and you know, I don't know. Yeah, what does he need body armor for? He's Superman. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> but now I guess they're going to do a younger Superman. That's why they got rid of Henry Cavill. Uh, the new one, I guess, is coming out in 2025. It's going to be like a, some younger version. But one of the guys they said is like Nicholas uh, Hoat, who played Beast in the X Men. Ah, okay. But you don't, until you see it, you don't know what the heck. But. Who knows, but I think we've covered all or anything else to add today. Um, <clears throat> I did three gigs and three weekends with three bands okay. last week. Well, what do you have coming up? <laughs> um, I have the B-Side coming up next week with Brian Lindsay Band on the 30th of June. And we're doing the Steel Rail Revival thing in July on the 15th, I believe. And Jerry Falzone called me to play with uh, Liar's Moon for some show in Canada. If you ever want to book Greg, he's always busy. Like, already book him for next year. I answer the phone and say yes. That is my secret. We have some stuff coming out. Hopefully we'll have the people on the show who are releasing it. Michaela has a rare show at the Bug Jar these days. And I remember the old days of the good old golden ticket and everything else in New Year's. And it's coming up on Friday. Ticket, There's a low ticket warning, so get yours now. Pre-order their album. Yeah. It's really good. Her last one was great. Oh, this new one's like, and a lot of these songs have been around a long time, but they're finally getting on an album. She's still in Nashville, right? Well, she's in, based out of Hudson. Alyssa's oh. based, but Alyssa's putting a new album out this year, too. Oh, okay. Sorry, I got them mixed up. You get them all mixed up. I all do. By, like, you're all your girly friends. Yeah. <laughs> she's the, the harpist is the one and then the other one, but cool. So we're going to actually, my good friend, the man himself, Kevin Wilcox, was in town last night watching his brother play with the living room. And it wasn't in a living room. It was a bar. <laughs> and my ears are actually, I didn't realize my ears are sort of gone today, but he's, <clears throat> Kev is, as anybody would know around here, great guy, UV rays, fame. Right, I remember them, yeah. I told him the best intro to a song at the Bug Jar ever. <laughs> Where's the living room? That's a band name. You've been neon. She's in it. And Frankie. <laughs> My God. You know, I'm not with it today, everybody. I said, As okay. usual for both of us. I thought you said he was playing at the living room. If I have a house show, okay. you know. But I, I'm, I'm going to go to bed. Kevin, <laughs> the best intro at the bug jar ever where he goes very solemnly. This is a song about when I peed my pants. <laughs> <laughs> See, no, but seriously, you have to get inspiration from but, everything. But seriously. Maybe from, not talk about actually where right. it comes from.
But I just remember, but you know, it's like the case of like when I went to the doctor and I had to tell my doctor I broke my leg in two places and she cured me. She said, just don't go to those places anymore. Oh, there you go. It hurts when I go there. Yeah. <laughs> well, but, then don't go there. You know, that's like people. I guess, but, you know, I suppose who would like write a song about that? That's pure genius. But maybe not, but it's funny. <laughs> Is it time for me to pick the song of the time, week? We have this new band, Suburban Resistance. You can go get these. It's Vegas-based. Ah. And you'll hear this sort of punk beats power pop. Cool stuff. But the new album just came out. It's called Songs of the Dead. This is not a cover album with Jerry Garcia. <laughs> okay, this is not a cover album. This is a, <laughs> no, this is not. You will not get like any, you will not hear him screaming any Casey Jones. Don't lyrics. let that deal but go we'll down. Just, I asked him last night, <laughs> what does he want me to play? He's like, I don't care. <laughs> so I said, I'll have my drummer pick it out. Oh, so okay. What dun, sounds dun, dun. good out here? Drum roll, please. <laughs> okay. Um, I can't even read them. They're like so... Number 15 is our winner. Okay. Blackness. Fitting we're both wearing <laughs> sunglasses and it's dark. So thanks for tuning in this week. Because you can week. never have enough of that. If you wonder about our <laughs> mental health, we're okay. And we have some fun guests next week. Yes. Returning guests. It's a little secret, but should be theatrical. You won't have to rely on me trying to fill up space. Yes. <laughs> but that's how it goes. We like the we like to do the solo shows. We like to have guests. We like to have balance. But we can always go back in time, look at SpaghettiOs, and change it anyway. So, <laughs> Ouch. I'm Zalf Wiedersand. Gazoon tight. Goodbye. Later. Later.